Good morning and happy Lord's Day. And if you have been attending our church or if you are uh, new, uh, you know that uh, there's a part in the Gospel of Matthew called Sermon on the Mount. And we have been going through this, uh, this uh, teaching uh, very slowly. These are two, just two chapters in Sermon on the Mount. But we have gone through just the, the first chapter in a month. So we're taking really things slowly here. And uh, this is part two of what we have heard last Sunday, which is the title, Jesus, the True Teacher of the Law. Because it's, this is the section in, uh, in the Sermon on the Mount where Jesus is really going through and uh, teaching us uh, what is the true intent of the law? So what you will see here, as we have read the text, Jesus continues the same format in, in teaching that we have seen uh, last Sunday. If you haven't heard that, uh, there's a podcast uh, that's available. Our sermon last Sunday is available online already. So we see the format of uh, Jesus saying, you have heard, but I say to you. You have heard, but I say to you, and the words uh, of Jesus has, like I said, has the same weight as the phrase in the Old Testament, thus says the Lord. So uh, R.C. Sproul, he's a, a pastor, a theologian, teacher. Um, if you are unfamiliar with who he is, he recently uh, went home to be with the Lord. Uh, he's a really good pastor, a writer. If you are not familiar with him, you can search on YouTube. Uh, ito yung isa search niya, ha? R.C. Sproul, what is wrong with you people? <laughs> All right? Try to search that, and you, you might see the, 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 the relation of that uh, two-minute YouTube uh, 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 video to, to our uh, preaching today. R.C. Sproul, what's wrong with you people? <laughs> Sidebar lang yun, sorry. Uh, well, when he preached the same text, he said that among Jesus' teaching, this is probably the most challenging and the most difficult. Would you agree, right? If you read this text, it's like, whoa, what's, what's going on here? And, and I'm inclined to agree with him. Nevertheless, the words, this is the words uh, of our king, and we ought to listen and listen well. And so today we will conclude uh, Jesus' teaching of the law, and here he gives us its true intent. The true intent of why he is saying, you have heard, but I say to you. So here's the big idea here. What, we, what Jesus is teaching us is that God has given us a clear standard on how we will treat one another. Let me repeat that. God has given us a clear standard on how we are to treat one another. We don't get to define that based on our preference or our experience or our culture. And the standard is anchored on God's nature. It's not even anchored on, yes, it is contextualized in Judea Christian culture, but the standard is God's very nature. And what is this nature? Well, number one, because God is perfectly just, we don't have to resort to personal vengeance. 
Number two, because God is perfectly kind, we ought to practice charity and generosity towards others. And number three, because God is perfectly righteous, we are called to live righteous and holy lives. So that's basically our, our outline today. God, we are looking at uh, God's perfect justice, His perfect kindness, and the demand for perfect righteousness. All right? So, again, those are three key words you can teach your children. Perfect justice, perfect kindness, perfect righteousness. Let's go through them one by one. Jesus starts this section saying, You have heard that it was said, ano yun? An eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth. You know, if you are Jewish, if you are a Jew at that time, you are very familiar with this phrase. Because if you look at the Torah, it was not just referenced in one of the books. It is referenced on three out of five. Lagging my mention of an eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth, a leg for a leg, a wound for a wound, a burn for a burn. You will see it in Exodus. You will see it in Leviticus. You will see it in Deuteronomy. Three. And they are, when it is mentioned, it is uh, mentioned in different contexts. But the point is the same. The punishment must fit the crime. All right? The punishment must fit the crime. Let me give you an example. Levit Leviticus 24, 17. Whoever takes a human life shall surely be put to death. Whoever takes an animal's life shall make it good, life for life. If anyone injures his neighbor <clears throat> as he has done, it shall be done to him. Fracture for fracture, eye for eye, tooth for tooth, whatever injury he has given, a person shall be given to him. Let me ask you, is that harsh? Is that harsh? <laughs> Someone takes your eye, would you call that harsh? But you call, would you call that fair? Would you call that fair? It's just right. You know what Jesus is teaching us here? Is that perfect justice is God's design. And perfect justice is in the hands of God. And he's teaching those who bestow his, his, uh, his attributes, his communicable attributes to have the same and understand the same perfect justice. And when the Lord exacts a punishment or judgment, it will always fit the crime. That's why I truly believe that on judgment day, on the last day, when the Lord brings his judgment, no one will say, Lord, this is unfair. No one will say that. Everyone will receive the judgment that they deserve. Either, either that is on you or it is on Christ on your behalf. You know, the reason why Jesus was clarifying this to the you know, to the Jews, the, those who are listening at that time and even to us, is because Jews and even us today can take this law, 
read the Old Testament and see an eye for an eye, tooth for the tooth, to validate our personal retaliation. Eh, sabi ng Bible, eh, an, eye for a tie, an eye for an eye. So, babawi ako. Babawi ako. You know, personal retaliation is problematic because our sense of justice is flawed and incomplete. When we say babawi ako, we do not really mean babawi ako. We really mean I want to get ahead because I was offended, I was hurt, I will offend and hurt to the point that that person will not be able to hurt and offend me anymore. That's, the, that's the, our, our concept. It's flawed and incomplete. It does not truly make things right. Have you seen maybe on your social media or, or YouTube you know, a compilation of uh, uh, roads, road rage incidents? <laughs> Right? There, there's a lot of them on, on, on social media. So what happens? You know, one, uh, one person overtakes or sisingit, unahan ng pila sa toll gate, so magagalit yung isa, so uunahan niya. So hanggang sa, to the point that they're, they're, they crash on each other, blocking the whole thing. And, and that's not even the worst, right? People go down on their cars and and do a boxing match on the road, and things like that, you know, because it feels like both part, both parties feel like naisahan sila. And both parties think that they deserve some form of vindication. You cannot do this to me. I will, get, I will try to get you. And the other party says that as well. By taking matters in their hands, it doesn't make things right. It just makes things worse. That's the problem with personal retaliation. It doesn't set things right. And any kind of justice that is not anchored on the nature of God will fall short on setting things right. So instead of taking matters in our hands, Jesus calls us to do this instead. Verse 39, I say to you, do not resist the evil one. If anyone slaps you on the right cheek, turn, him, turn to him the other also. If anyone would sue you and take your tunic, let him have your cloak as well. If anyone forces you to go one mile, go with him two miles. You know, yung phrases that everyone now uses, turn the other cheek, go the extra mile, they, it finds its uh, origin here. It's a deeply Christian virtue, turning the other cheek, going the extra mile. But it's not just, a, it's just, it's not just an act of goodness. It, is, uh, it was mentioned in the context of you being wronged. When, when, when it says turn the other cheek also, you know, if you imagine it, uh, if someone slaps you, paano, mo paano ka masasampal to the other side? So, comment commentaries say, this is basically saying it's a backhanded slap. So, sinampal ka, and the retaliation is a backhanded slap. The other one is a backhanded slap. And that's actually 
it's adding insult to injury, right? You have been hurt, and now I'm insulting you. That's that. That's the idea. So wait, Pastor, is, is Jesus teaching Christians to be doormats? Do you know what a doormat is? <laughs> right? Is, is that what uh, Jesus is teaching here? Is he promoting abuse? You know, what, you know what he is teaching? He is teaching self-forgetfulness. Remember that the, the one uh, of the Beatitudes uh, when we started the series? Blessed are the meek, the humble, for they will inherit the earth. Meaning those who do not think highly of themselves will be fine with an insult. Will not think too highly of themselves and so they welcome dishonor. And those who do not think too highly of themselves, if you get cut off on the road and you do not really see yourself as someone, you can surrender your right for vindication. Surrender your right for vindication. And when a Christian surrenders his self-appointed right for vindication, he is not just becoming the victim here. You know what's really happening? He is essentially escalating the matter to God to exact perfect justice at the perfect time. You know, recently there was a, a viral video of a, a hit and run incident. Are, are you familiar with that? You know, a, a car uh, runs over a security guard, does not stop and goes ahead. Then he, and then he hides. Then he gets a press conference. Then the, I think it's it, what you call that is a, the statute of limitations, if I'm not mistaken. The, the limit for the person to be held liable for that expires because walang nangyari. So I'm sure maybe most or some of us felt, wow, that's unfair. This guy did wrong and he gets away with it. You know, in the perfect justice of God, there's no statute of limitations. No one can get away from the liability of punishment. It happens perfectly at the perfect time. Pastor, is that the picture of a Christian? Like the security guard, everybody running us over, breaking our, our bones. Is that, what, is that what Christianity looks like? Well, if you talk to first and second century Christians, they would say yes. They would say yes. But they are, their eyes are looking to a greater glory in their lives. Because if we truly know the perfect justice of God, no one can truly break you the way God can. No one can truly break you the way God can. And if you truly know the perfect justice of God, no vengeful act can truly vindicate the way God can. 
So let's trust that perfect justice of God. And, and Paul and even Peter affirms this. Here's what Paul says, Romans 12, 19. Beloved, never avenge yourselves, but leave it to the wrath of God, for it is written, vengeance is mine. I will repay, says the Lord. If I may paraphrase that, vengeance is mine, I will make things right. I will make things right, says the Lord. So again, friends, trusting the perfect justice of God helps us resist the temptation for personal retaliation. But God is not only perfectly just, He is also perfectly kind. And this is our point number two. We look at the perfect kindness of God as we explore this uh, together as His people. Verse 43, have heard it that it was said, you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. Pay attention to this phrase because the, the words love your neighbor is in the Old Testament. Hate your enemy is not. So what are the teachers of the law doing here? They are putting the, the, the law and their opinion together and creating a new ethic. So they're saying, you know, love your neighbor, hate your enemy. One is in the Old Testament, it's written in their scripture. One is their, uh, their interpretation of it. By combining them together, the teachers of the law were promoting an us-against-them mentality. Love your own, don't care about the rest. Protect your own, hate the rest. But that, that is not what Jesus is teaching us. Instead, he says, do this, verse 42. Give to the one who begs from you. Do not refuse the one who would borrow from you. Verse 44, love your enemies. Pray for those who persecute you so that you may be sons of your Father who is in heaven. You know what, what Jesus is addressing here and correcting here was that the scribes were teaching a very narrow and exclusive view of Christian virtue. Only be good to those who are good to you. It's teaching a very narrow and exclusive view of the goodness of God. That God is only kind to those who are worshiping Him. And for, for Filipinos here, we are so familiar with this. That's why we're so religious. We want to be good so that God will be good to us. You know what? It misrepresents the nature of God. What is the nature of God? Jesus tells us, For He makes His sun rise on the evil and on the good. He sends rain on the just and on the unjust. Would you consider your neighbor to be not good or evil? Would you consider him or her unjust? Wala namang neighbors But have you seen 
Have you seen the sun rise only on your home and not on your neighbors? Have you seen the rain part its ways na sa kanya lang yung umuulan sa'yo completely dry? You know, the perfect kindness of God is displayed to us every day. Displayed to us. And His kindness is not just for the good guys. It's even for those who we consider the bad guys. The evil you know, someone who mocks God, someone who blasphemes Him, someone who is, does not believe uh, of God's existence and, you know, passionately calls everyone crazy because they believe in God, the fact that that person even has a mouth to blaspheme God, the fact that he still has breath in his lungs is evidence that God is kind to all. He's kind to all. And so we are called to have the same ethic. That we are to be kind to all. Friends, we cannot show generosity, kindness, and charity only to those who we know will be good to us. And we, because when we do that, that is not called generosity or kindness. That is called transaction. That's called exchange. You're being good to someone because either you feel like, you know, this person will repay the goodness that you've given or you have given something or you, you were kind to someone, but it made you feel good. That's still transaction. You gave to the poor and you took a selfie with that while giving. The poor did not give you anything back, but social media will still transaction now jc ryle you've heard me quote him many times during this series uh, mentions this about uh, this this text unfailing courtesy kindness tenderness and consideration for others others are some of the greatest ornaments to the character of the child of god the world can understand these things even if it cannot understand doctrine. Your non-Christian friends will have difficulty understanding reform theology, but they will completely remember that you were there during, during difficult times. They will remember how kind you were to them. They will remember how you were forgiving to their family they will remember how you treated them. And if more Christians practice kindness outside our fences, you know, there will be less viral videos of road rage. And there will be more videos, hopefully, of charity, of, of generosity. So we see the perfect justice of God, and we see the perfect kindness of God. This is the last. Jesus summarizes the whole teaching, his whole teaching of the law with this, verse 48. This is the last verse of chapter 5. You therefore must be perfect as your heavenly Father is perfect. What did Jesus mean? 
Certainly, this does not mean perfection, Pastor, right? What does it mean? Well, it means exactly that. The standard for life of righteousness and holiness and perfection is based on God himself. This is the demand for everyone who calls on Jesus as his Lord and Savior. Perfection, holiness. You know, all, if, if you're trying to figure out, does, does, did Jesus really mean perfect? I'm not sure. So you look at all the English translation, it will tell you the same thing. Be perfect for your heavenly father is perfect. All English translation, I don't know the rest. Ah, even the, the new Pinoy version will tell you, be perfect for your heavenly father is perfect in, you know, in, in Taglish. All English translation except for, except for the message. The message translation. By the way, um, you know, the message Bible was at, uh, uh, Developed by Eugene Pit Peterson, it has uh, uh, taken a not so good uh, reputation, but I still appreciate uh, the message translation from time to time, especially in the book of Psalms, uh, because originally uh, Eugene Peterson started paraphrasing the Bible with the Psalms, so because it's really poetic and it has its value, but. Uh, sometimes I disagree with the paraphrase, specifically with this verse. Look at how the message uh, translates, uh, paraphrases verse 48. In a word, what I'm saying is, grow up. Your kingdom subjects, now live like it. Live out your God-created identity. Live generously and graciously towards others. The way God lives towards you. You know, when I read that, it, actually it makes me, wow, yes, yes, I'll do this, I'll do this. It, it captures, it's, it agrees on, you know, the essence of living generously and, and being kind to others, but it fails to really give emphasis on the major point of the law. This does not this should not encourage you to try harder. It should make you tremble in fear. Because, as many reformers say, this is the first use of the law. The law is meant to show us on one side the perfect righteousness of God and on the other our utter sinfulness. That we completely fall short Let me ask you again, was God unfair for setting the bar too high? Is that unfair? That God would set, you know, the standard 100%? I mean, our teachers do not <laughs> uh, provide that, uh, that standard. If, kung, kung meron mo, walang, walang gagraduate. <laughs> but suppose, suppose, 
God reduces the standard to 99%. Well, even Safeguard says, you know, they, they kill germs 99.9%. It's not 100%. Suppose God reduces it to 99%. Do you think you pass? Do you think you are part of the top 1% in history? No? Sige, babaan pa natin. How about 90%? Do you think you are part of the top 10% good people in the world throughout history? Still no? Sige, babaan pa natin. 80%. 80%. Lower? <laughs> o pasang awa na lang 75% total yun naman ang standard ng schools madalas diba 75% if it's 75% pasang awa are you part of the 25% righteous <laughs> not yet <laughs> you see if if God even even reduces the standard to 99% and only 1% uh, can, can fulfill that standard, those who fulfill that standard say, will say that we reach this achievement on our own accord. On our own accord. You know, if, and, and I've, I, I can see how you responded to that 90, 80, 75%. You want lower and lower because no one claims they are, they are perfect, right? If you ask someone, are you perfect? Absolutely not. Because we think there's always someone better than us. But if I also ask the same, uh, the, the opposite question, do you think you're evil? No one will completely admit that they are evil because we think there's always someone worse than us. And so we think the key to balance life, to living morally righteous life, is to find that right balance of 75% pasang awa. To say, you know, my, I'm... I'm living a good life. I'm not, I may not be as good as him, but I'm not as bad as him. So I, I just stay in this balance and hopefully God will see that that is good. You know the bad news? 75% morality will still bring you to hell. It will still bring you to hell. Ninety-nine percent morality will still bring you to hell. You know the standard for righteousness is so high that no one but God Himself is able to fulfill it, and that's the good news that God became man that he lived a perfect life free from sin. And you know what? His perfect life was credited to you and to me. And this is what Paul says about 
uh, about that in 2 uh, Corinthians 5.21. God made the one who did not know sin to be sin for us so that in him, in Christ, we would become the righteousness of God. Where did that happen? Well, we see the perfect justice of God and the perfect kindness of God intersect at the cross. At the cross, Jesus received the perfect justice. The punishment must fit the crime, right? A life for a life, for the wages of sin is death. God did not spare his own son. But even on the cross was also a demonstration of God's love, God's kindness, God loving his enemies. Remember what Romans 5, 8-10 tells us, God demonstrates his own love for us that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Verse 10, for if while we were enemies with God, we were reconciled to God through the death of his son. Till on that cross, as Jesus died, the wrath of God was satisfied for every sin on him was laid. So it is in the death of Christ that we live. So what does this mean to us today? Well, you might have heard uh, uh, a phrase for Christian walk that says, you know, the Christian life is progress, not perfection. Christian life is progress, not perfection. And that has its merits. I'm not saying that is completely wrong. It has its own merits. It's talking about, you know, as we progress in our sanctification. But let me just uh, try to edit that a little bit to reconcile with what Jesus is uh, saying here. Yes, Christian life is progress, not perfection, but it is Christ's perfection that makes you progress to perfection. So turn to Christ always. If you're looking to progress, turn to Christ's perfection always. Trust always in the perfect righteousness of Christ who received the perfect justice of God on the cross so that you and I receive the perfect kindness of God. Let's pray. Our righteous, holy, gracious, heavenly Father, we come before you utterly helpless and hopeless. We cannot do this, God. We do not do this. We fall short of the demands that you call for us for holy life. And so we turn to our Savior always for righteousness. We turn to him so that we do not work on our own righteousness. His righteousness is credited to us. And in him, we live a righteous life. 
Thank you for this truth. Thank you for the gospel that we can walk through our Christian life, progress through our Christian life, and pursue perfect perfection, not because we are becoming better people, but we see Christ bigger and bigger in our lives. Help us and teach us to trust him completely every day. This is our prayer in Jesus' name. Amen.